Hey, Kat, can you help me with something? Do you remember your crushes from middle school? What? The ones that never work out. All of them? Do you still kind of love that one co-worker? Who? The one who's now your close pal. Don't say anything. Did you ever even catch their eye line? They caught yours. Let's get them on the phone. Everyone I never kissed. That's insane. Let's get them on the phone and show them what they missed. Kind of sexy. Everyone you never kissed. Everyone you never kissed. Everyone I never kissed. Everyone I never kissed. With Lynn Barbera. Hi, oh my god, welcome to the first episode of Everyone I Never Kissed, a podcast about past crushes and present secondhand embarrassment. I'm Lynn Barbera, comedian and crush machine. Maybe you recognize my producer's touch from the podcast She's All Fat, or maybe I was your barista this morning and told you to look this up. Maybe you have a crush on me. I probably have one on you. Thanks for tuning in. If I'm honest, I've been sitting with the idea for this podcast for a long while. It all started a few months after I moved in with my girlfriend, Kat. That's right, folks. I'm in love. Me and Kat had only been dating for about a year at that point, but roommate drama and good old-fashioned New York City rent uh, accelerated our timeline a bit. But I wasn't complaining. I get to cuddle every night and I can walk around my apartment naked. Moving in was this big step, and I was starting to imagine my future with my sweet love cat at my side. At the same time, I couldn't help but think of all of the other futures I had imagined for myself throughout my life. Other loves, other long-held crushes and would-be partners. Because you guys, I gotta say, I'm a big-time crusher. I crush long and hard. And I swear to God, sometimes it's not even really about the crush, like the person, but it's about the act of crushing and of like hiding your crush while simultaneously telling everyone you know that you're in love because it's the only thing you can talk about. And then like the detective work to see if they're also looking for love. Dude, that feeling when you realize that your last name starts with a B and their last name starts with a B. And so you're going to be lab partners and one day you're going to get your diplomas back to back. When you have a crush, you've got gossip flowing in and out of you 24-7. And the best part is, it's gossip about yourself. And I want to tell you some gossip about myself. I've slipped love notes in lockers. I have wished earnestly on eyelashes that my crush would like me back. I've spent hours listening to people I had crushes on tell me about their crushes who weren't me in the hopes that I could like listen my way into a relationship and I mean yeah I've moved on I've gotten over it I've built this joyful queer relationship that I couldn't have dreamed of with Kat but I have a question, and I'm going to reference a Langston Hughes poem here in a way that he would probably be like, that's not what I was talking about. What happens to a crush deferred? 
Do our feelings dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or, and I'm skipping the important uh, middle chunk of the poem here, do they explode? I tried to answer this question for myself shortly after the big move-in by reaching out to two boys named Ryan. I'd crushed on both these boys in college to varying degrees with a fair amount of overlap. Ryan, on the one hand, was a casual crush, something nice to look at in class, someone I might kiss at a party. But Ryan, oof, Ryan was a big one for me. Those hours I spent listening to my crush talk about their crush, most of those were logged with Ryan while my heart yearned for him to talk about me. From the comfort of my stable, loving relationship, I wanted to rehydrate those dried up feelings of crushes deferred. The heartbeat skips, the humiliation. I wanted to ask the questions that I was too afraid to ask when my heart was on the line. I texted the first Ryan. Did he know that I had liked him? Had he liked me? <laughs> Did he remember that one party in a dorm room where we danced together on someone's desk? until he fell off onto the floor. I texted the second Ryan a little less forward. Did he remember we were really good, uh, friends in college? The first Ryan replied, yes, he thought I might've liked him. Yes, he thought I was cute. Respectfully, no, he did not want to get on the phone and record a conversation about it for a podcast. The second Ryan, never replied. But in the meantime, I've talked to a lot of people about this podcast idea, and everyone had at least one juicy story to tell me about a crush deferred. And it turns out that gossiping about our crushes from 5, 10, 20 years ago is actually just as fun as it was back then. I'd argue it's actually more fun because we're not, and I'm sorry to use this word, pussyfooting around the embarrassing shit. When you're out of the thick of the crush, it's way easier to admit the things like staking out the library in case Ryan came by, or writing a private love confession in your journal while you sit across from Ryan in the lounge, kind of hoping he might notice. And those details are the good shit. I've heard about years-long email threads. I've heard about what happened on the yacht with your older brother's best friend. I've heard... Well... You'll hear about that one in this episode. But what I'm dying to hear so much that I made a podcast about it is this. A conversation between you and your past crush. And to make sure we get all the juicy details, let's say I'll be there too. We're going to find out if they knew about the crush. And then we're going to find out if they knew about the tuft of hair you slipped in their backpack in sixth grade. I'll be honest, we're gonna read your diary, and it's gonna be empowering. <laughs> oh my god, I mean embarrassing. I mean, both? Stay tuned to find out. My guest today is very appropriately someone that I myself have personally had a crush on. Bringing our first ever weekly unrequited love, it's my non-binary girlfriend, Kat Jordan. I didn't know who's Kat. 
I started having a crush on him my freshman year of college and we were friends and I didn't know that he was gay until we weren't friends and it was maybe my junior or senior year, probably I think my senior year. This is Kat talking about Alex. We'll be hearing more on him later. But first, a word about Kat. I already mentioned that they're non-binary, but bonus, bonus, read all about it. Kat is also bisexual. For example, Kat is head over heels in love with me these days. But back in the fall of 2015, Kat was crushing on another type of gay boy. Kat met Alex in their freshman year dorm building at Western Connecticut State University, where Kat studied classical voice performance. West Coast baby. Kat lived in a suite with three pre-assigned roommates who, in those intimidating first weeks of college, quickly became Kat's social circle, along with the suite of four boys down the hall. A suite, including Alex. We were next door neighbors. He was one door over for me. Okay, he was far. But mm-hmm. we would sometimes go there to various parties that they were having mm-hmm. sometimes. And Alex was there. And sometimes I would go to Alex's dorm with one or two of my roommates and they would play Mario Kart. And I would just kind of be there, be so nervous. <laughs> and me and Alex had like, not, we weren't even really friends. We just like would talk and like have like little gigglies and like have quiet it was because we had like quiet side chats Mm -hmm. and like that is what gets me huh i thought i was the first one cat had little giggles and quiet side chats with touche alex compelled by both journalism and jealousy i had some questions about what exactly these intimate moments looked like but you had inside jokes we had inside jokes and he, his thing is he's a little grumpy. That's his whole thing is he's like the little grump of the group. Mm. Um, but he is ultimately nice. But then he did kick Amy out of his dorm. Okay, now I don't know who Amy is, but it sounds like there might be some sort of misogyny going on. Kicking someone named Amy out of your dorm? I decided to investigate further to get a better idea of the man we were dealing with here. Why? Because she was being too loud. she was like he was like if you're speaking over a certain decibel you have to leave (laughs) assured that alex was just sound sensitive and not some nutso woman hater i asked kat to tell me some more about him remember i used to think like it was sweet that he would play guitar well, no, it was sweet that he would play drums. He was in school for guitar. It's a big, big, big information is that these were all jazz boys and like music ed people. And I was classical voice performance. And those are all different groups. Classical voice does not mix well with jazz or music ed usually. How come? Because no one likes the classical voice people. How come? They're annoying. Uh, and it's like, oh, weird that that's your, you're going to sing opera. So you were the classical voice person of the group. Yeah. Because I think because there's no like solidarity in classical voice, like in jazz there is, because it's very collaborative. Mm. And with music ed, it's very like, it's also very collaborative. And like, you have to learn every instrument and like, you have to learn a lot more things. And so I think that like brings people together because they're like mm. struggling together. Um And they're all wanting to be teachers, which I think is a special little bond. And so, like, the classical kids had to, like, really try to make 
friends with other people because like you could do the whole degree and like not really talk to anyone because mm. like you don't need to and so there was no need for me to be over there but cat was over there falling in crush in a manner one could only describe as romeo and juliet-esque alex a jazz boy cat a classical voice weirdo West Connecticut State University was the east, and their shared dormitory was the sun. The way our building was, there was the front of the building, which was just like normal. And then the back, like it was shaped so that there's like a courtyard type of like walkway that led to the parking garage. And like in that courtyard, like walkway, you could see the inside of the building, like the back half of the building. And so like there'd be people's dorms and like if you're walking you can knock on someone's window mm. um and so sometimes i would see him in his living room like playing air drums <laughs> by himself in the dark <laughs> and then like air drums yeah and then sometimes he would knock on my window or like our window if he like saw like not in my bedroom but like if he saw us like in the living room it would be like a little knock knock or something um which was like Notable because you had to walk from the path through oh. a little bit of ground. Like, it wasn't far, but it was like, you're now going out of your way to knock yeah. on someone's window. And sometimes we would talk through there. If there was, like, a party, we would, like, you should come, like, I think. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm making this up. I, I'm saying it, but they were, like, it was so small. Like, to me, it was massive, massive, massive deal. Or, like, it stuck out. But it was, like, yeah. such normal, yeah, 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 yeah. small that was interaction. Just, like, culture. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Didn't really talk to boys ever. So I was like, there's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking and he wants yeah. to say hi to me. Did you ever think about telling him you liked him or asking him if he liked you? I fantasized about a lot of things. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I did. But yeah. I don't know if I ever thought I would actually yeah. do it. But I definitely like imagine like he's my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what would you imagine? I would imagine us just like... I don't know. Like, I didn't know what to imagine. Yeah. I think I was just like, we would hang out. <laughs> and like. And kiss. Yeah. And have like music things. Mm. I thought that would be cool. Like he could play guitar while I like sing or whatever. That's so wholesome. Kat was looking for the Meg White to their Jack White. A Britney to their Justin. Even a Jay-Z to their Beyonce. But the White Stripes broke up years ago, Justin Timberlake is an asshole, and Beyonce's renaissance has zero features from Jay. Musical couples, it seems, are doomed to fail. I tell Kat it's a good thing I stopped trying to learn the ukulele in high school or we never would have worked. But it seemed Kat and Alex were doomed before they even had their first jam session. What happened was I started dating some other boy that I didn't even I didn't even really have a crush on him. You what? I didn't even really have a crush on him. <laughs> um he was just very kind and I will stand by. I think he's a very, very kind boy. Um and he gave me attention and I knew that he liked me. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't really I didn't really like him other yeah. than he liked me. Yeah. Um and so I started dating this boy and then like I started just like hanging out with a different group of people mm. that were I know that Alex's group 
did not want any part of and like they would not mesh well just because like i was going for more of like the nerdy group if i can admit wait so what group what types of musicians were these people so these people weren't musicians this was like he was a theater performance major where there's not even an audition for that so that's kind of like you just signed up (laughs) to do it and people that don't get into musical theater program. Yeah. So it's I was kind like, of like a judged. Yeah. It's like a judged um, major. So I would hang out with like more theater people. And like he was like, he was a nerd. He was a real honest to God nerd. <laughs> Kat started spending more time with their non-musician boyfriend and his non-musician friends. Then Kat started spending more weekends away from school at home. And they started to slip away from the dormitory social scene. They still saw Alex three or four times a week in their gen ed music classes, but nothing ever happened between them. I feel like it like it was a big like what if kind of feeling, but it was like it would never work out because he's mean and scary. Mm. And my current boyfriend is a little bit nice. Yeah. (laughs) Did you say a little bit? Yeah. (laughs) He loves Carly Rae Jepsen now. So Alex wasn't the one that got away. He was more like the small crush you had seven years ago. Kat hasn't spoken to Alex since college graduation, but they got his number from a mutual friend. After the break, a three-way phone call. Um, I think you say, hey, Alex, this is Kat Jordan. I got your number from Sabrina, last name. Mm. Um, Would I be like, would I mention like, I feel like I have to mention like, my girlfriend's doing, my girlfriend has a podcast. Yeah, I think say like, my girlfriend is... Because I, I really don't want it to be, like, I'm trying to kindle anything. Yeah, yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be, like, weird, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want it to be so clear that this is going to be, like, a just curious yeah. type of situation. It's my educated guess that Alex won't be answering a call coming from an unrecognized number. So Kat and I immediately begin drafting voicemails. It's a delicate balance. We don't want to scare Alex away but we do want to interest him enough to get him on the phone. And Kat wants to make it clear that they're very much taken and not seeking a third for our relationship. I feel like I should leave with I'm gay. Yeah. So, hey, Alex. Um, this is Kat from Westcon. I know this is so weird, random, whatever. Um, but I had a crush on you in college. and But I'm gay. I've heard you're gay. Um, my girlfriend is has a podcast where we ask pe- past crushes if they've known. I feel like this is too much information That's too for much a information. voice memo. Yeah. We finally decide on something simple yet intriguing, and Kat punches in the numbers. Okay, we're calling! Speaker, speaker. Please leave your message for Alex. 
Hey, Alex, um, this is actually Kat Jordan from Westcon. Um, I got your number from Sabrina. Uh, yeah, call me back. Bye. <laughs> voicemail, just as I educatedly guessed. Then again, I also guessed that Alex would get back to us, and he doesn't. After a few days, no call, no text, I suggest to Kat that we could try calling again. The look on Kat's face is one I don't really recognize, and trust me, I'm intimately familiar with Kat's face. We're in love. I'm just thinking about like, the social repercussions of like calling someone that I was not friends with yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, cause I can be crazy and I don't want to like come off as like this weird person who like was honestly like shy and quiet, like didn't really talk to anyone is now yeah. calling me. When I first met Kat, they were a grad student at New York university and an opera singer and now, I don't have any degrees in music, but when you think opera singer, you definitely don't think shy or quiet. You might think weird, but Kat is super hot, so they make it work. But throughout this process, I was starting to see some glimpses of a younger, less self-assured Kat. When I took out my voice recorder app and asked Kat to delve back into their first weeks of college to their 17-year-old self... I'd accidentally also dug up some social anxieties and insecurities from that time. You see, Kat hasn't interacted with Alex as the person they are now, a more confident Kat. The Kat with a Billie Eilish cover on YouTube. The Kat who confronted a random French guy asking to bum a cigarette so that we could smoke in our last night in Paris. The Kat who agreed to come on this fledgling nobody podcast and publicly phone an old crush. Maybe this reaction is Kat protecting that younger, shyer version of themselves. Maybe if Alex were to reject Kat, they would feel it not as they are now, but as the quiet classical voice major in a room of cool jazz boys. So I decide to back off. Podcast schmodcast. At the end of the day, my number one job is taking care of my baby's feelings. But then about a week later, when I'm at work, Kat sends me a text. It says, I'd be open to sending Alex a follow-up. So I tell my line of customers to beat it and bike home to set up the mic. So you're amenable to texting Alex? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like nervous. I'm more nervous for the follow-up text than I was for the initial call. Why? Oh, because like, he didn't reach out <laughs> is yeah. why. And it's been, we called him on one, so it's been almost a week. Mm -hmm. Well, I think like if you send a text and he doesn't answer, like then we would. No, but would what if like, he answers and is like, leave me the fuck alone? Mm. That would hurt my feelings and I'd be really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get my feelings hurt. I mean, that would be reason. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I didn't want to get my feelings hurt by getting my girlfriend's inner 17-year-old's feelings hurt. So I was trying to think of another way to get this guy on the horn. Does Serena see him? Or like, do you think that she would have insight into... I don't know. 
I honestly got donut. I don't mm-hmm. think she sees him. Yeah. I because I did think about like reaching out to her, but she hasn't texted me back either. <laughs> Sabrina, you might remember from the voicemail we left, is Kat's friend and former roommate who gave us Alex's number in the first place. I thought she was our clear ally, but it seems like Sabrina's ghosting was bringing out that 17-year-old insecurity too. I think, I mean, obviously, like, you get to decide. Mm -hmm. But I think if he replied, like, leave me the fuck alone, like, that would be, like, crazy on his part. I know. But I feel like I would still feel like, oh, I put myself in that situation to ultimately just, like, be yelled at by someone that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. And, like, what I know of his personality, and, like, I don't know shit, but I don't know the man, is he was grumpy, and he was a little, like, he yelled at Amy. Yeah, he kicked her out of the room. Yeah. And that was in person. I'm glad I didn't have to be the one to bring up what Alex did to Amy. Maybe this fuck hates women after all. I don't know, I'll think on it. Kat thinks on it all the way to November. As Leo season turns to whatever is next until Scorpio season, as our apartment changes temperature from way too hot to way too cold, as we try and fail to get out of a 3% rent increase, I come to terms with the fact that we might not be sending a follow-up text. But then, as we're giving thanks over our vegan eggplant turkey dinner for two, Kat drops a reveal. Yeah, yeah. So I went on Facebook the other day, and he, like, the first post that I saw on the Facebook, whatever, was from Alex. Um, And it was, like, a link to a blog post on his website. I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking it, too. This guy's got enough time to share his words on a dead social media platform, but not enough time to return my girlfriend's weird phone call and make my first podcast episode work? Well, this ought to be good. I read the whole thing, and it gave me just, like, insight into Alex as, like, a full person that's grown up and changed. Not, like, changed like he was a bad, like, I, I don't know him or anything about his character or anything like that, really. Um... But to, like, put more context into, like, who he is today. And it was just, like, a long journal entry just, like, about, like, where he's come from and, like, what he wants to do moving forward emotionally in terms of, like, his uh, queer identity and, like, music and all that. Oh. That actually does sound good. It turns out that Alex was not out as gay in those earlier days of college when Kat was crushing on him, and that he actually got outed by some asshole. And now I was the asshole trying to out him as the subject of Kat's college crush. Maybe Alex had an inner self-conscious 17-year-old whose feelings he was trying to protect, just like Kat. Like, knowing now that he was in the closet then, like, I feel like that... I don't know what that did to his personality or, like, what, but I feel like that is, like, a different situation than if he had been out the whole time. Mm -hmm. 
And like, I like, I've always been out to some capacity, but like I've officially come out or whatever, like a couple years ago. So like, I think I, I can sympathize with being an adult or whatever and then coming out and like seeing your and like your personality does change Mm. or like you just like feel different and so sympathizing with like he was in like a rough place before what do you think has changed about yourself in coming out as an adult um i think i'm like i think i'm just like less afraid to like show parts of myself to people you know, like I have less to hide. And so I'm more willing to just like be myself. Because before it was like I, anything that I did, like I was looking at it through like a, does this pass like the heteronormative like test? And if it d- didn't fit, something was wrong. Mm. And I needed to make an adjustment or like that meant something about like my appearance or like my personality or whether or not I was desirable. Um, but I think, like, standing firmly and, like, I am queer, I just noticed myself just, like, become more myself mm-hmm. and, like, answer things the way I would answer them and, like, not consider anything other than, like, my... So... Mm-hmm. Not, like, crazy, not, like, selfishly, but, yeah. like... Making sure Kat is happy with answers and decisions that I make. So Alex never answered our call, but In a way, someone did pick up the phone that day we left a message, and we all got to listen in on a little conversation between Kat and their 17-year-old opera nerd self. Like I said, sometimes the best part of having a crush isn't really even the crush. feels so nice to not need like man validation yeah I feel like especially like when I knew him or whatever I think I really wanted specifically like his friend group to like approve of me or something and it feels so nice that I actually don't care (laughs) (laughs) I actually really do not care what they think what he thinks what they think do you feel like there's a, a song that encapsulates um, this experience? Either a song that encapsulates your crush on him then, a song that encapsulates you are glad that you don't care now. Oof. Yeah. Um, it's a Kesha song. And it, I think it perfectly encapsulates both. Is it Timber? It's not Timber. <laughs> it's off of an album. It's like an album. Deep Cut or whatever. I'm trying to find it. Mm. Steven. Do you know the song Steven? No. It's like 
in the song, she's like, like making fun of people making fun of her, I think. So it's like, she's like pretending to be like crazy goo goo gaga over this boy. And she's like really hamming it up. Uh, and so I think I, like, I'm making fun of myself for being like, Bleh. yeah. Do I hear it? Yeah. Steven. Steven. Why won't you call me? Steven, why won't you call me? Ugly girlfriend Steering across the room As if I really care That she's here with you All I know is you're my object of affection The dragon choice, my sick obsession Steven, Steven Why won't you call me? Call me Everyone I Never Kissed is written and produced by me, Lynn Barbera. The theme song was written and produced a little by me and a lot by the love of my life, Kat Jordan. You can follow Kat at Cats Are the Future. You can follow the show at Everyone I Never Kissed Pod on Instagram. To tell me about your crushes deferred, email everyone I Never Kissed at gmail.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I know every podcast says it, but boy oh boy, please rate us five big ones and leave a review if you like like the show. Thanks for listening. I love you. Bye. Why won't you call me? Why won't you call me?